coming to you live from the Volunteer Fire Department in beautiful downtown Mineral Springs, North Carolina. It's the Squirrely Awards. Tonight, we'll be looking back at the best games of 2021 as presented by some of the biggest names in the hobby. So grab yourself a moon pie, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And now, here are your hosts for tonight, Tony McCree and Marty Connell. Hello, and welcome to the 7th Annual Squirrely Awards. My name is Marty. And I'm Tony. Now, if those remember last year, we didn't have a lot of people in here in the VFW. We had to roll in TV monitors and everybody had to zoom in. But this year, it is fantastic to see everyone's smiling faces here in Mineral Springs again. That's right. And for those of you who don't know, a VFW or V, what is it? Volunteer Fire? It's a VFD. I said VFW. VFD. Yeah, <laughs> There's. <laughs> Jeez, I, I'm trying to figure with, this one out. I start off with a five dollar. So VFW veteran for <laughs> veterans. Well, we have both of those here in Mineral Springs, Tony. We have a VFW and we have a VFD. So which one are we at? We're at the Volunteer Fire Department. So the big red trucks over here indicate this is a fire department, not a veterans mm. hall. Okay, all right, got it. Just wanted, just wanted to make sure of that. But anyway, it is fantastic to see everybody's fa- smiling faces here again as we do our annual award show that we lovingly call the squirrelies that's right because we don't know where we're going to go how we're going to present we're just going to call people up on stage and present some of the games we thought in 2021 were top-notch stellar oh wait that was 2020 stellar yeah this it one was is sub, this is yeah. sub astral's year yes okay. so I, I th- oh, sh- 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 we don't know that yet because we haven't opened the envelopes and we would just like to thank a special sponsor of this episode this year's Squirrely Awards are sponsored by Miniature Market, who is working with us to do some great giveaways, including a $50 gift card and one Woo. of those really, really nice Miniature Market bags. So make sure to pay attention later on in the show when we mention details on how you can enter your chance to win that $50 gift card and a new bag. Pay attention. There might be a drop of a special code you can use later. Just saying. Just pay attention. What? Bear with us. You got to get through the show. I will not. I'm not going to timestamp that bad boy. You've got to pay attention, y'all. That's what I'm saying. Oh, my. You know, normally these award shows, Marty, have some jokes, fun things about people. In the, but we're not that creative. No, we aren't. Uh, unfortunately, uh, all those shows have a whole staff of writers, you know, that come up with the with the jokes and the quips and everything. And uh, unfortunately, our staff of writers uh, just basically include you and I. And so therefore, creativity is out the window. I mean, we could try to, but we don't want to offend some of our presenters. We want them to come back for 2023. I mean, I don't want to upset the pegs. I don't want to make a comment about what Rob is wearing or please. I'm glad he's wearing something unlike (laughs) previous years where he had come out of the shower and oh, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to make fun of anybody on the show except you or me. Nor we continue to talk about how last year we were able to stay under budget because we didn't have an open bar and Bonacore wasn't here. But I see that uh, he's, he's not even at his table. He must be back there at the bar somewhere. No, no. I see him right over there. Oh, oh, he's coming to the stage. <laughs> wow. Wow. Stephen Bonacore just slapped the crap out of me. How can you be out of freaking IPAs? 
Wow, dude, it's just beer. How can you be out of freaking IPAs? Okay, 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 I'll get somebody to get some more IPAs. However, everybody, this round's on Bonacore. All right, Tony, who else we got here? Paula Deming showing up, we think. She's not here yet. Last year, we forgot her at the airport. <laughs> Our bad. It's, be it's becoming a thing with Paula having to basically call in to the show. So hopefully, uh, she, she's got an empty seat over there, but hopefully she can make it this year. And Joel with that robot. I thought we unplugged it. For the first year ever, we don't have a miniatures award category because there wasn't that many different miniature games that we played last year. So we gave Joel a new category thinking that probably, okay, that the robot's going to be closeted for a while. So we'll see. So, so who is first to come to the stage, Marty? Oh, wow. Let's go ahead and kick this thing off with our very first award, which is why didn't I think of that for most innovative game? And coming to the stage to present that award is our good friends from Tantrum House. They say they didn't curtail very much her. Well, why didn't I think of that? Thanks, Marty and Tony. This is Melissa from Tantrum House. And we're giving you the nominees for Why Didn't I Think of That? The most innovative category. And to give us the nominees is the most innovative member of Tantrum House, Liam. Hello. Okay, well, the nominees are The Initiative, The Key, and Echoes the Dancer. Thanks, Liam. We thought, why don't we bring a child on here? Teenager, <laughs> right? Teenager. To the, uh, to the show so that you could have something really innovative. But our job now is to give who the winner is. Drum roll, please. The Initiative. <laughs> Oh, wow. I, who was responsible for checking IDs? If we got an open bar, Marty, we might have a problem here at the VFDW, wherever we're at. <laughs> the VFDW, yeah. Yeah. So, Tantrum, thank you for announcing the most innovative, and that is the initiative. We love the initiative. Yes. And, you know, sometimes... You, you get so engrossed in a game that you just won't keep getting it back to the table, back to the table. And that's how we were with this. The puzzles were excellent as far as for our, our intellect, being able to figure them out. I enjoyed playing that. It is one of those games where I think, you know, it, it's not, stay, it doesn't stay too long on the table. It's not one of those where you're thinking, oh my God, is this thing ever going to get solved? How are we going? We were through those games. They were quick hitters. Loved it. I was hoping to see some more from that. So maybe in 2023, we'll have another one from um, Corey. Well, we know we got some other games coming out from him that uh, we're going to be checking out. So uh, again, you're, you're right, Tony. What was so cool about this game is it's one of those that it didn't stay on the table that long. And actually, when you were done, you would go, well, just set up the next puzzle. Mm -hmm. Let's just play mm -hmm. another round. And the, the card play is just so clever in the game. It's not only the puzzle solving, but it's the card play that was really cool. Agree. There was a lot of good balance between um, the characters that were in there. And I was just like, okay, I'm, I was really enjoying it. And this is why it got, why didn't I think, well, I know why I didn't think I'm not that creative, but we've already <laughs> established that. We know that. So that's why I do this podcast and not to design a game because I am not that creative. But speaking of creative, mm. two of our best friends from North Carolina are coming to the stage now. Dan and Chris from the Geek All-Stars. They're here. Just the two of us. That's the award, y'all. That's the, that's the award they're presenting, not just 
never mind. Dan, Chris, kick it off. Hey, we're back again. This is Dan. This is Chris. And we're from the Geek All-Stars podcast, as always. We're here to do the Just the Two of Us, the best two-player game from last year for, for Marty and Tony, for the Squirrelies, as we love them every single year. So first up, we have 300 Earth and Water. This is uh, plays in about 30 minutes. Uh, not quite heavier, but kind of a light to heavier weight game by Yasushi Nakaguro and Bonsai Games. Has more of a war game feel to it for two players. We now uh, also have Land versus Sea. This was designed by Jean-Paul Jacques and published by Good Games Publishing. It takes about 40 minutes to play. It is a sort of semi-whimsical tile-laying game where you're playing cartographers and building out your islands and, and waterways. And finally, the last one we have is from the good Dr. Reiner Knizia, Royal Visit. This is a reprint by Yellow from the old game that came out about 15, 16 years ago, but it's a little bit lighter, uh, lighter player game, a little hand management game. Uh, very, sun, uh, very, very solid, fun little card game there. And the envelope, please. The winner is 300 Earth and Water. So there you have it. A great pick for my Marty and Tony, and we'll see everybody next year. And I uh, hope that everybody checks out the Geek All-Stars podcast. Bye-bye. Tony, there was a lot of great two-player games last year, but 300 Earth and Water was one that really, really stuck out to us. We love games that have asymmetric gameplay. We're really getting into historical games, and we love games that we can set up and play really quick, and this satisfied all those. Now, people may be confused because if you go pull the stats, you see that 2018 over there. But this was a game that came to us in 2021. I just want to throw that out there so people can't. People are always challenging our awards, Marty, saying, well, how can that be 2021? It was new to us in 2021. But yes, two-player game. This, all of those were excellent nominees. I mean, I really enjoyed Land versus Sea. So good. So good. Donna enjoyed that one. Uh, Royal Visit, I think, was one that you got to play a lot. Yeah, so Vanessa and I really enjoyed that, that back and forth thing of trying to get the court over to your side. But again, I, I, I'm kind of finding a passion for historical games, and that's why 300 stuck out to me. And it really did kind of recreate that feel of the Greeks being outnumbered, but standing strong and fighting back against their oppressors. And I didn't, even though there's dice involved, I didn't feel as crushed with them as you would in some of the other games. Felt like there was a good balance, a lot of strategy. I mean, that little game, that tight game, tons of strategy. It, it was right there at you. I mean, you, you had to think through each move. You had to think through, well, what are they going to do? It, it was chess-like, a chess-like feel to me on when it came to strategy. How many moves ahead do I need to plan? Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? Lots of times, Tony, there are games that uh, come out that, that we really, really enjoy and one way to get those games back on the table is to possibly release a new expansion. So we love to have ca a category dedicated to expansions for those releases to help us bring those older games back onto the table. And we're excited to have David Waybright from Man vs. Meeple to come up and, and announce the nominees and winner for Gimme More. Thanks, Marty and Tony, and thank you very much for having me back. It is truly an honor to be here once again for the Squirrelies to present the Gimme More category. That is the best expansions 
in board games. Now, for my money, I think the best expansions in board games, honestly, are the content that you've added to the podcast. More conversations about lawnmowers, your taste buds uh, segment. Uh, If only I could have both of those segments maybe combined in some way, shape, or form. Uh, That would just be fantastic. However, until then, we're just going to have to settle for this year's nominees for the Gimme More category. Those nominees are the Siege expansion for War Chest, the Secrets of the Order expansion for Arkham Horror, and finally, the Egyptian Kings expansion for Empires of the North. And the winner is... The Egyptian Kings expansion for Empires of the North. Congratulations to that game and publisher portal. Marty and Tony, congratulations on another year for the Squirrelies, and back to you. Well, I know someone's going to be happy with that being the winner. That would be Ignasi. His streak continues on getting a Squirrely. Egyptian Kings. All right. First off, Egyptian Kings from uh, Empires of the North. It's one of those that I'm like, I need something simple, something that's not so complicated to fathom, to figure out how to play that expansion. And that is what set this game apart for me, Marty. I didn't feel like I was having to run, learn a whole new rule set. Mm-hmm. I felt like I f- it was solid. It was right there. I was like, okay, this is easy to understand. I understand the card play. I'm not having to dig deep for a whole bunch of combos in these expansions. That's why. And pl- plus, Empires of the North. Love the game. Love the game. So any excuse to get that to the table, it's going to win an award. So, Ignasi, give me another expansion. You'll have another award next year. What are your thoughts on this? Oh, 100% agree. I love Empires of the North. It is one of my favorite games that Portal Games has ever released. And uh, I'm with you, Tony. Sometimes when an expansion comes out, and there's been other, you know, Empire of the North expansions where it felt like, ooh, it, it takes a little bit to, to grasp and learn how these work. Egyptian Kings was one of those that just clicked. For both of us, right out of the box. I thought it was very easy to understand. And uh, there is actually a new uh, Empires of the North expansion coming out next year. So uh, who knows? I'm sure it will be up again next year if the quality of expansion uh, is the same as it was for Egyptian Kings, especially if it's designed by Johanna Kachinka. Oh, yes. I mean, if she gets her hands on a game, it's going to be solid. It's going to be good. Well thought out. Not saying Ignacy's editions aren't. No. I'm just simply saying Joanna's. I mean, she brought class to the office. Okay, the whole portal team is <laughs> wow. full of class. The whole portal team is full. Of- we love you, Ignacy. Uh, oh, man. So next up, two good friends of our show, people, uh, ladies who have come on many times to do the squirrelies. Love seeing them at cons. Miss them. Speaking of creative, oh, my heavens. Amby can belt out some songs. So, yes, I'm talking about Amby and Crystal from Board Game Blitz. They're coming up to the stage right now to present It's in the Card. What a warm welcome. Thank you so much, Marty and Tony, for inviting us back to present Yet another Squirrely Award. We are honored to be invited back for, gosh, I don't even know how many years it's been now, but we are so happy to get to present the Best Card Game Award. It's in the cards. Ooh, ooh, cards. I know exactly how to introduce this. All right, ready? 
You gotta know when to hold them. Know when to fold them. Okay, but know Ambie, when to walk it, No, no, Ambie. No, it's uh, uh, more more modern, you know. Modern. Oh, okay, modern. Okay, hey. I want to hold them like they do in Texas, please. Fold them, let them hit me, raise it, baby, okay, stay well, with me. Um, Love I, game maybe, intuition. Maybe, maybe we should just move on to the nominees. Oh, oh, okay, okay. All right, and the nominees are... Subastral, Imperium Legends, and Dreadful Circus. And the winner is... Subastral! Yay! Congratulations, Subastral, on winning Best Card Game. Thanks again to Marty and Tony for having us on, and enjoy the show and the refreshments, everyone. Bye! So we mentioned earlier in the show again that we love the previous year, Tony, Stellar. Well, it's it's no surprise those guys have come back and have another hit on their hands for us with Subastral, another very clever card game. Uh, yes, stellar. Love the game, two player. I was maybe maybe they're reading my mind. I was thinking, man, wouldn't it be cool if they were able to expand that out to multiple players? And they did. Hit it out of the park. I've played that game recently with my family, and they were like. Oh, this 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 doesn't seem very much fun. I mean, and they were they were arguing with me. I'm like, but are you thinking about the strategy behind this? Oh, wait, you mean there's there's strategy? I'm like, yes, it's a card game. There's always strategy. That you need to be thinking about this. You need to be thinking about do I want to put this in my hand? Oh, what does that person have in their tableau? How's that going to impact you? You gotta be paying attention to all these things. And that's what subastral is for me. It is a game of simple mechanics. With, once again, a lot of deep strategy. I'm seeing a theme here, Marty. Strategy, strategy, strategy. A lot of hard strategy. You like that word strategy a lot. It's like you, you were I talking know. about how you started watching the IT crowd. And and the uh, the manager's always going, team, 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 team. For you, it's always strategy, 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 strategy. Except it's harder to say really fast. If it's a fun game, no strategy. Is it really fun? I don't know about this, oh, but strategy, strategy, strategy. One strategy. of the qualifications for you, it needs to be a little thinky, but what's so great about their games is that they're so easy to learn that sometimes when you read the rules, you go, wait a minute, what is there to this game? And then you play it and you go, mm-hmm. oh, that's what there is to this game. And that's what Sebastral did for us. I remember we explained the rules and we go, okay, we'll just go through the motions and play it. And after the first game, we we're like, reset. Now we know what to do. And even without proper scoring, which is another <laughs> element to this. Because if you remember the first time we played it, we didn't score it, right? But that's okay. That's all right. I'm sure that was my fault somehow. One of the things about this is that helps us of our advanced years is there's not a lot of text on the cards. Mm-mm. Okay, there's no text. <laughs> Numbers? Oh, love the game. Love the game. That's why I won an award. Yeah, speaking of thinky games, now Joel from Drive Through Games is going to be coming up. And now, before he comes up, though, I, this is where I like to say that uh, he is currently running over on GameFound, a crowdfunding project for his show, Drive Through Games. And guys, if you've ever watched his videos, you know how good Joel is. He comes in there, he he shows you how a game is played, and he is no fuss, no muss, man. He turns on the camera, and he just talks to you and tell you, tells you how it is. I've told 
him so many times. Dude, I'm so envious of somebody like you that can just turn on a camera and basically give your thoughts in a review for like 10 minutes without any editing or changing or anything. Tony, you and I are cut, paste, cut, paste, stop, restart as we try to work through a review. And the man's doing it in front of a camera. He wants to upgrade his equipment and give us, a, he wants to, you know, maybe some better lighting, some different cameras, some different angles. He has some incredible miniature videos, y'all. If y'all want to go see some incredible painting and some great tips, uh, make sure to check out his channel. And if you want to support him, he currently has a crowdfunding project going on on GameFound right now. But let's welcome to the stage Joel from Drive Through Games to announce the winners, or winner, I guess. Or pass the advert. Hello, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here once again. Yet another squirrely award, this time for 2022. Hope everybody's feeling good out there. Uh, as usual, I have my friend with me, Private Magnus. Private? Yeah, you got demoted, remember, from last year. Oh, that's right. All right, don't have an attitude again this year. We're going to have a problem not being invited next year. Oh, <sighs> fine. Wow. What is your deal this year? This isn't even a minis category. What? What is the name of this category? Pass the Advil? What does that even mean? Well, Marty said they didn't play enough miniature games this year, so they asked us to do the best heavy game. Like Heavy Bolter? No, not like Heavy Bolter. Just give us the nominees. Fine. The first nominee is... Cedars from Sirius, Exodus. Howlertow. Tabanusi. How do you say that last one? Tabanusi. Okay, and the winner is... Howlertow. Congratulations. Howlertow, great game. New Uwe Rosenberg game. Lots of fun, lots of different cards. I recommend it myself. I'm not sure Private Magnus recommends it. Oh, I like that game. Oh, you do, do you? So you don't just play miniature games? That's not the only thing that you play anymore? You never play Euro games anymore? I still play Euro games. Okay, I heard different. Okay, back to you, Marty and Tony. I was really hoping that robot wouldn't show back up. <laughs> we, we threw Joel for a loop. He was expecting a miniatures award, and he got here to go, Oh, it's not a managers board. Well, I mm. uh, I bought the big thing again, so I guess he had a private private whatever it is, Magmus Magnum Magnum. Uh, at least this time he was speaking better. Going through the video, there was a lot of feedback last year, and I couldn't understand a word that mm. robot was saying. But aside from that, Hallertau, we played this early, early, mm. early, early in 2021. And we were like, we've got to remember this. Mm -hmm. Well, I was like, Marty, write it down. And you know, it's one of those things, Tony, for over the past several years, even Rosenberg's been on this kick of like lighter polynomio games uh, that he's been putting out. Uh, I know that you're, you're a fan of like patchwork, et cetera. And so it was really exciting to get one of his little bit more crunchy games to the table. And I just loved the mechanics of this, of, of the resource management. And you got the grid of how it, it was just so much going on. And it's just one of those that clicked. Sometimes with his games, it's like, okay, there's a lot of things going on, but does everything kind of fit together and click? And for me, Hallertau did. And I don't know if it was a game where, you know, you felt I got my solo play going over here. You're doing your thing. I'm doing my thing. I didn't feel that way with this game. Mm -mm. 
it was one of those that even though I had my stuff going on, I felt like we had some interaction going on. You know what I'm saying? Right. And even with the feeding and the expiration date of sheep, which that's kind of funny because the sheep are getting old and I guess they're going out to pasture or whatever. I didn't mind that as much, but yes, I really enjoyed the, the field rotation. Oh, the man, field rotation was cool. And having to clear yeah. the rocks and everything and be able to move your uh, progress on your player board and everything like that. Just all really clever mechanics. But nothing that was constantly in your face. You just had to say, okay, these are simple things I need to do, but now how do I manage that? Mm-hmm. How do I get that done and still be competitive with everybody else at the table? So yes, Howler Tau, great game. Well-deserved to pass the Advil. Oh, no. What? I, you need to bring the volume down on the amps. <laughs> Tell the sound guy in the back you might want to keep your fingers on the on the feeders and the sliders and everything back there. Yeah, push them up for when this incredible lady comes to the mic mm-hmm. and pull it way <laughs> down when her husband starts talking because he can be loud, but she's awful sweet. And I appreciate them showing back up to the squirrelies. I mean, last year they did the Bling Award and it was so true that, you know, the, the only bling was, you know, Christine brought the bling. That's all there was to it. She didn't even need to leave. She could have left Rob at home. But now we're challenging them. We've put a new category in the show because there were a ton of train games in 2021. Ton of them. So to get to some of our favorite train games, we've got Rob and Christina from Blue Peg Pink Pelt. Pink Pelt? From Blue, yeah, <laughs> Pink Pelt. Blue Peg from, Pink Pelt. It's a brand new hunting uh, podcast they're moving towards. It's like board games and hunting and skinning. Yeah. Maybe it's Stone Age. You know, when I'm, <laughs> may, or, or maybe, you know, could have been, uh, maybe I, sh- I should have said Pink Kelt. You know, we saw Rob at Tantrum Com, and I swear the boy can can sport a kelt. No, he didn't wear one, y'all. I'm glad he's not one here tonight. A kelt? Anyway, you mean a kilt? Kilt. Kilt. That too. No $5 for that one. <laughs> it's a pelt. It's a kelt. It's, it's a, a kilt. kilt. It's, it's a, a keg. I don't know. It will eventually get back to what it's supposed to be. Well, either way, it's going to end around a round square peg hole. Oh, never mind. Rob, Christina, blue peg, pink peg, all aboard. Everybody, I'm Rob. I'm Christina. And we're from Blue Peg. Pink Peg. And here we are again at the Squirrely Awards. Yeah, I thought it was really tremendous for Marty and Tony to invite us back again this year. <laughs> okay, I see. That's funny. I see what you did there. Yeah, I'm just, you know, trying to keep us on track. <laughs> okay, so if you haven't caught on yet, we are announcing the awards for the All Aboard Award for the Best Train Game. Yeah, when I heard that it was the All Aboard category, uh-huh. It was really music to my engine ears. <laughs> oh, okay, another one. Okay, so uh, the first nominee is Iberian Gage. The second nominee is... Oh, sorry. What? I really lost my train of thought. Oh. And it's hard to do this with a freight face. <laughs> okay, you know what? I'll just do them. I'm, I'm going to do them. I'll do them. Okay, the second nominee is Imperial Steam. Oh, you're really chugging along now. <laughs> okay. And the third and final nominee is Maglev Metro. Oh, you're bringing us home into the station. Okay, just stop. Just stop now. Can you just give the winner? Yeah, and the winner is... Uh, uh, hang on. Let's shoot you. Ah! Okay, you know what? The winner is... <laughs> 
Iberian Games. Congratulations, I'm leaving. Oh, I guess I really ran us off the rails there. Tony, you love your train games, and you have gotten me to where I now love train games. So I'm excited to have this category here to where we get to talk about some of our favorite train games in the past year. And there were a lot of good ones. This was a tough category personally for me on, man, all these are are really good. I thought Maglev Metro was really clever with its transparent hex tiles and building your tracks and their pickup and deliver. Imperial Steam was that nice, thinky, crunchy train game. But then from capstone games iberian gauge comes out and it's like oh wait a minute after their first two games this one adds just a little bit more but still like a two-page rule sheet and can play the game in 60 minutes that's solid and what i really enjoyed about this was the stock market side of it sometimes i agree i'm clapping for that everybody clap for that one i love good stock market (laughs) games especially ones that are very simple to get into so you got the 18x games where you're a heavy stock market, you know, just it, sometimes it feels like, you know, the train portion, I don't want to say add on, but you know, it kind of helps bring it. But here, this stock portion really, really drives this game. It's not so much about moving freight or anything like this. Yeah. You got to be able to compete or I'm sorry, complete your various tracks to the various cities, because if you don't effects can happen. And one of the things you've got to do is that's where you get confrontation in this game between the various players. It's not just a solo stock game that you're over there with a bunch of other people trying to collect stock. Here, you might try to do something to mess up other players because you've driven up stock in another railroad. Even though you own this one, you don't want them to benefit because they have more shares. Love the game. My favorite of the three, Iberian Gage. Love that game. Yeah, solid. I hope that he does some more of that series style of games. Uh, Cap, talking about Clay, but Capstone, the the whole team, because uh, they've been on a real. Uh, they've really been on track with their. Oh, there it is! I was trying to find the pun and I couldn't find it uh, with their previous line of games. It's right there in front of me. I couldn't say track. Yeah, and Christina had five hundred in that one thing. <laughs> I mean, I was sitting here groaning as she kept doing those. At you. Oh, come on. I'm like, oh, please. I, I know you're brilliant. I sp- creativity is just oozing from our audience and our presenters tonight. It's just everywhere. Ian Atul Arts in this one, too. And mm-hmm. oh, mm, so much to this game. I wish creativity would ooze on me. Speaking of creativity, uh, Tony, it looks like uh, Paula Deming is still not in her seat. So. Uh, let me give her a call real quick and see if she wants to do this uh, over a uh, speakerphone. And if I can get her, uh, she's going to be presenting a, a new a new category fit for us this year. A lot of tile lane games have been coming out, so we have a brand new category for it called No Grout Required. <laughs> year of awards this is paula deming from things get dicey this game is broken and watch it played and of course joining me as always is hello i'm matthew (laughs) that's matthew jude okay so we are on our way literally we're in the car right now on our way to the awards i can't wait to make it out to charlotte i did stop by england first (laughs) to pick up matthew 
Uh, but we are, we're making it. I, I think we're making pretty good time on the roads here. It's a little confusing because we're on the left side of the road instead of the right side of the road. But Matthew's driving. It's real so foggy. It's real foggy. But we're going to make it in time for the awards, I think. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Great. So we'll see you there. I guess we don't even need to announce anything then we probably should just in case oh okay matthew thinks we should just in case so the award category that we're presenting is no grout required which is the best tile lane game i get it (laughs) the nominees are land versus sea savannah park and cascadia and the winner is this is my in the car drum roll savannah park Congratulations! It's a good one! Uh, okay, we're just gonna try and... We're just gonna keep driving. See you soon! Wow, Marty, I don't know if Paula remembers where she, like, was from or anything, but right now, if she's over in England and Matthew Jude is driving her here, they're gonna get kind of wet. I hope I hope he figures this out. I don't think they realize that that uh, land bridge uh, across the Atlantic has has not been made yet. But yeah, what, looking at Tony, another game from Capstone Games, and this is a fantastic tile land game that really took uh, me by surprise. Even Vanessa really enjoyed it. One of those games where somebody announces what tile is going to be played, and everybody has to place the same tile on their board. But where you place is going to be kind of up to you because your goal is to try to group a bunch of the same type of animals together in order to score points. So everybody's going around the table naming the tile that's going to be placed and you got to make sure to leave gaps and holes around the map so that you can try to extend and make your herd as big as possible. And it plays in less than an hour. Ah. Uh, man, there are so many good tile lane games coming out now, Tony, that that's really taken uh, a lot of people's spaces on their on their board game shelves. Seems like, you know, there was uh, the Cascadia, which was big. And, and this game it, it's just a lot of solid tile lane games are coming out recently. But what's nice is, is they don't all feel samey. They have the same mechanic of, you know, putting tiles out on the board, but they all play differently somewhat. For me, Land versus Sea didn't win. It was a nominee. And the only reason why it didn't win was you were able to edit quicker than me. <laughs> uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Savannah Park, well-deserved award for uh, No Grout Required. I appreciate Matthew Jude recognizing our little pun there. It's not really a pun, is it? No, 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 no. Our, our nominee for not having to put uh, grout. Because if you were to put grout in, then you'd ruin your game. So, But we, we announced this at the beginning. Marty mentioned this. But the sponsor, Miniature Market, is doing something very special for this year's award. As Marty said, uh, someone will be receiving a $50 gift card and a nice new game bag, as well as they have promised. Oh, wait a minute. Are are we supposed to be like going to commercial break at this point? Yeah, you told me we were. Hold on, hold on. Let me start the music. Hey, in the back, could you cue the the Miniature Market uh, commercial music? Reading the prompter. <laughs> I understand. Uh, whoever filled out the prompter didn't tell you to, to put a little pause in pause. there so we can yeah, st- okay. start the music. Okay, okay. Okay, we're going. Go ahead. Okay, okay. We mentioned something very special. Mm-hmm. There's a code mm. that will get you 10% off 
game at Miniature Market. Marty, what is that code? That code is RDTN10. RDTN10. And that code will get you 10% off all your purchases at Miniature Market, excluding things like Games Workshop games. Now, there's some other games that you this code will not work on, but on a majority of the games and products and accessories, you will get 10% off. And this code runs from March 29th through April 5th. So basically, you've got one week to get out to Miniature Market, buy some great games, buy some great accessories, throw them in your cart, apply code RDTN10, and you get 10% off your purchase specifically to celebrate the Squirrely Awards. But Tony, we talked about these prizes, a $50 gift certificate and a miniature market bag. How can they get that? Well, it's not a simple rolling dice and taking name four. No. Miniature market, professionals that they are, mm-hmm. there's going to be a link in some show notes somewhere. For this episode. For this episode that you got to find, and it will take you to where you got those little things where it says, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram. All that's going to be there, so those will get you into the drawing. I've done those before, Marty. They don't, they're not that hard to do, no, are they? Basically, it'll be like, follow Instagram on Twitter. That gets you an entry. Follow us on Twitter. gets you an entry. Go join our Discord channel. That gets you an entry. And then Miniature Market, who is running the contest, will be drawing those winners once the contest ends. And the details on when it opens and closes will be on that page. So make sure to go over there right now. Click, well, wait till after the show is over. Then go over there, click the link. Just some simple entries. Make sure to follow us in Miniature Market on social media. Join our Discord channel. And that is your chance to win a $50 gift card to Miniature Market or one of their really sweet Miniature Market bags. And once again, thank you, Miniature Market, for sponsoring the Squirrely Awards. And don't forget, y'all, you got one week, 10% off your purchases using code RDTN10. To help everybody out because of the Southern Drawl, we're going to do the Radio International Phonic Alphabet. That's Romeo, Delta, Tango, November 1-0. Wow. So impressive. Hey, thank you. Um, work pays off for me. What can I say? Oh, now that we've got all that business stuff out of the way, it's time to get our next presenters on stage. Good friends of the show as well, John and Emily Detmer. Emily has done graphics for us. She's got a squirrel on a lawnmower. Be sure to go out to Emily Rose on, um, oh, what's that site, Marty? Redbubble. Redbubble. Mm-hmm. That's right. Redbubble. Go out there. You can get some of our sweet merchandise. John and Emily have their own podcast. It's called the Encourageable Party Podcast, where they talk about D&D. You and I have been on it. We were a two-headed Atten at one time. I've got you got a t-shirt commemorating our experience. That was a lot of fun. Can I or you? That was it. That's what it said. On Here it. we go. That's what it said. Anyway, they're coming up. Careful. Emily, your, your, your bling is dropping on the stage. They're presenting This Game Has Bling. Good evening. We're John and Emily from the Incorrigible Party. And we'd like to thank Marty and Tony for temporarily suspending the restraining order so we could be here tonight. What's that noise? A few of the rhinestones are falling off my dress. Don't worry about it. And they've asked us to present the This Game Has Bling Award. Didn't have to modify your dress just to give out this award. But now it has bling. And the nominees are After the Empire, published by Gray Fox Games, designed by Evan Halbert and Ryan Mock. 
Did you use that bedazzler out in the shed from the 70s or something? Uh, and the next nominee is Stronghold Undead from publisher Portal Games and Stronghold Games, designed by Ignacy Chevichek. It was the only one I could find? The third nominee is Unfathomable. Unfathom... Unfathomable. Published by Fantasy Flight Games and designed by Tony Fanchi and Corey Konecka. And the winner is... Unfathomable. 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 Congrats to Fantasy Flight, Tony, and Corey. Should we uh, tell somebody to clean those up? No, it'll be fine. Let's just get out of here. We only have 15 minutes before the restraining order goes back into effect. Yeah, you're right. Who lifts a restraining order for only two hours? A lot of people are really excited about Unfathomable because it's basically a kind of a reskinning of Battlestar Galacta, which was really, really popular. Well, Fantasy Flight Games really went out of their way to have this really nice big board with these gorgeous miniatures and the, the great art on the cards that they pull from the Arkham Horror series and just create a really, really magnificent experience uh, in this game. Kind of bringing the board to life, uh, moving those big uh, Dagon characters around the board, and as they attack your ship and everything. And, and Tony, this was another one of those tough things, too, because even the other nominees, after the Empire, which you love to sit there and basically build your castle walls up and everything, and Stronghold Undead with this amazing art and production value from the Kickstarter, uh, all... Very worthwhile nominees, but it was uh, unfathomable that came out on top. Beautiful game. Looked amazing on the table. It was Fantasy Flight. The production value is going to be top freaking notch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so good. And I, I already know right now, Tony, a game that might be in the running uh, for next year's as uh, we just finished Ooh. all playing uh, our first game of Return to Dark Tower. Publishers, mm. I tell you, if you want to compete against those guys, you better bring out something good because that bad boy is blinged out to the nines. Nice. That's it. There's the, that's going to be the bar to get over. Mm -hmm. For sure. But we'll worry about that uh, next year. So congrats to Unfathomable for this game has bling. Next up to the stage is a, a Two of our really, really good friends, uh, Tony. One is a uh, sponsor of the show, um, Ignacy, uh, from Portal Games, and also uh, now currently retired, Stephen Bonacor, uh, the Podfather. They have a podcast together called Board Games Insider, where you can hear a lot of the insights going on within board games and publishing and everything. So welcome to the stage, Ignacy and Stephen, to present this year's the best game that we did not play. Hello, hello. This is Ignacy Trzewiczek, Portal Games. And this is the podfather of gaming, Stephen Bonacore. We are here to announce the nominations and the winner of the 2022 Squirrely Award for best game we didn't Play, and the nominees are Stronghold Undead, and the winner is Stronghold Undead. What? Wait, now, since Ignacy is not a native English speaker, and sometimes his Slavic nature comes across a bit harsh, I will translate and give context 
to his comments for his acceptance speech as the designer of Stronghold Undead. Go ahead, Ignacy. This is some real bullshit. On behalf of the publisher, Stronghold Games, and the designer, Ignacy Chevichek. Marty Anton, two old dudes and this stupid award. I'd like to thank this very respectable jury. Best Not Plate Award? For this award in this exceptional category. I delayed this game for four years. Ignacy, along with his development team, worked on the game for many years. They didn't even play it? I have no words. Ignacy cannot express in words enough his happiness and thanks. And you know what's the best? This is the best day in Ignacy's career. I'm sponsoring their show. This is my money going to this bullshit. This award has a lot of value to both Ignacy and to Steven. I always told you, Steven, only Spiel des Jahres matter. The gravity of these Squirrely Awards is so important to the industry and fans alike. I'm done. And this award will motivate all of us to continue the hard work in developing great games. Thank you so much, Rolling Dice and Taking Name. I don't know what that man's complaining about. <laughs> I, I, I just don't understand him. He's got the longest winning streak on the Squirrelies. Uh-huh, yep. So w- w- what's, what's the gripe here? I don't, you know... It took us that long to get the game. Sure, four years, right? Four years, yeah, four years to get the game. Do you expect us to drop everything after we've <laughs> waited for four years? I mean, I I'm, mean, come I'm, on! I'm looking at it like this, Tony. If we play the game in any time less than four years, didn't we do better than what they did? That's fair. That's a good point. I like that point, and I'm sticking. So. We will beat the expectations that we had for him to get the game out. And yet, uh, getting on us? Uh, yeah, you said what? You sponsored this show, Ignacy. That's right. I'm getting up into this, Mike. You sponsor us. We appreciate that. Do you get what you pay for? I think you do. <laughs> we love you, Ignacy. We re- oh, Wait, you know what yeah, it is, Tony? You know what it is? It's because Portal Games keeps putting out incredible games that we keep getting to the push to the top of the queue. I mean, look at all the great stuff they have coming out next year. The pre-orders right now up for Batman Detective, which we're really excited about. We've got Gutenberg, the game that he's bringing over from... Uh, uh, Europe. It's it's a Euro game that we can't wait to play. And they just announced that they're going to bring the game Brazil Imperial over here to the U.S. And holy cow, Tony, I hadn't even heard of that one. And that one looks absolutely amazing. Plus, we already know we got an expansion to Empires of the North coming out, out later this year. So, Ignacy, if you would stop releasing so many great games, maybe the ones that you put out, we can actually get to the table before your next great game comes out. But to your Solid point. We as long as we get it done within four years, four years, then we're, we're we've done our job. We have played your game. We do this. We joke with Ignacy all the time. But this game, I've seen on sale at various times. Do not pass up an opportunity to get Stronghold Undead. When we get it to the table, I'm sure it will go in the two-player game award category. <laughs> Uh, that's my guess. <laughs> and here's the thing is, Ignacy said, I'll, I'll help you guys through the rules. Because, I mean, some of them, I mean, some of the rules can get kind of sticky as you kind of go through it. Remember all the cards and everything. And it was like, yeah, we got it. And within four years, that is going to happen. 
Right. Stephen, you, you did you did a great job interpreting because I know Ignacy is hard to understand at times, but I think you might have missed a few words. <laughs> there, uh, but that's okay. Uh, that's okay. We appreciate uh, it. The censors had to step in real quick and press the bleep button really quick on a couple of those. Yeah, it's a good thing that we are delaying this production out a little bit. You know, you got that three second delay since it is live. Sure. Yep. So, so we were able to get it in and there in time. But Stephen, you did an incredible job for us. Thank you so much. You're a great friend of the show as well. Now, for those of you who want more information, be sure to head over to portalgames.pl slash en to, to see all the great games that they have coming out. He's got that free um, catalog that you can go over there and download. And of course, you know, Robinson, Empires of the North, Detective, Nirishima Hex, um, a game that we love this year that you'll hear later, Dreadful Circus. Oh, that was such a good game this year. Ignacy, you got, you're hitting a home run on everything. Maybe, Marty, we won't do a squirrely. We'll just do the Ignacy Award Show. Maybe that's what we should do. Who's coming up next, Tony? All right, coming to, up to the stage is my champion. Oh, my God. man who... Please let this be the year. It's been two years, what, three years since we've had the tournament. Yes, yes, we had a warm-up over at Tantrum Con. It was unsanctioned, but Gladiators won, and Justice Calls, I get to say it first, so they won. But Gladiators in the arena strike. My champion, BJ Rojas, from Board Game Gumbo, is coming to the stage to announce, if I can't play strike, then I might as well just go home and not play anything. No, I'm sorry. That's not the right name. It's if I can't play strong. Hey, board gamers. BJ from Board Game Gumbo here. Through the miracle of technology, I'm coming to you live from the future in the year 2032 to present the If I Can't Play Strike Award. That's the best dice game of 2021 right here in the Squirrelies. Three quick notes about the future before we get to the award. First, time travel is awesome, especially when you have to take back a move in a complicated game like Lisboa. Second, the recently formed board game party is in control of Congress and the White House and has the economy booming. I mean, the U.S. economy is basically an efficiency engine, right? It's perfect for Euro gamers. And finally, I have to congratulate Tony for still being undefeated in the Gladiators in an Arena Contest at Gen Con. That's right. Ten more years of Gladiators. Team Gladiator. Team Gladiator. Team Gladiator. Better luck next year, Marty. But enough blather. Let's get to those awards. The nominees for If I Can't Play Strike are Origins First Builders, Korra Rise on Empire, and Cubitos. And the winner is... Rise of an Empire. Congratulations to all the nominees and the winner, and I'll see you in 2033. I can't wait to see if Tony's 14-year streak continues. I'm really starting to dig Euro-style games with dice in it. I already love Civ-style type games, so when Korra came out, and this kind of had a mixture of both, some clever dice mechanics, and a little bit of a civilization type feel for it. It's just one of those that 
really, really clicked for me also. it uh, I played that game, gosh, a lot when it first came out. And I, I still really dig it. It has a lot of variability because you can play a lot of the different factions. I think it's very clever in what tracks that you want to uh, level up. The action selection of rolling the dice and determining which of the actions you can use based on your dice pool that you rolled. You have ways to change the values of those dice so you can change which action you did. Just... Very, very clever game. I really enjoyed. And when you say dice in a Euro type game, it's not one that will punish you. It's just the randomization. It's how it generates random events in the game or assignments or workers, which, you know, is one of the things we talked about with another game that's on this Origins um, and how it uses games. So all these games have that going mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not one where, oh, I don't know if you're playing a military game and you suddenly can't roll uh, green circles or blue diamonds or blue rectangles. Oh, and you suddenly lose. oh my gosh. Uh, yes, I'm you rubbing, you're you're rubbing yeah, salt listen, in it. Listen to the next episode for that story and my wine over that. But go ahead. Yes. These games, that's from the standpoint of not producing that random ill effect that a lot of people don't like. These games do not do that. So yes, Cora, great game. I remember when I first played it. It didn't click for me the first time, Marty. I'll admit that. It, mm. it was just wasn't one of those that I was like, I don't understand. I'm not getting this. Second, third, yes. There it is. I understand what I need to do, how I need to do it. And thanks to the dice, it kept you on your toes on what you needed to do. And with that, I am so glad that BJ told me that I am still the reigning champion for 14 years. I I can just sit back now. I can go in. 14 moon pies years. And not have to yeah, he, he came from the future and said, Strike is still the uh, gladiators in the arena. I want to believe him. Please let this be the year. Please let this be the year. Anyway, Tony, you know how everything kind of gets recycled. Some of the best things that we've seen over the in the past, such as TV shows or maybe video games or movies, kind of just get recycled and, and brought up to date so that people can enjoy them again. We're starting to get in that cycle with board games. Even though the board game hobbies, you know, still relatively young, especially for the types of games that we play, we're getting to that point where games from the past are being redone, re-imaged, and brought to us again. And that's exactly what we have with our next award as Chaz Marler comes up to the stage to present It's Alive! <laughs> It's going to be my astute honor to present the It's Alive Award, the accolade bestowed upon a new edition of a pre-existing game. Also known as the I bought the original version of this game several years ago but still haven't played it award. So, you know, I'll buy it again with this new version because, yeah, certainly, yes, that will be just the push I finally need to get this game off the shelf, learn it, and get it to the table. Yes, You heard correctly, not only have I never played the original copy of the game that I bought back when it first came out, I haven't even read its rules yet. (laughs) No matter. No, no, don't don't worry about me. I'll just wisely invest in buying it again now, because surely this slightly revised, slightly not completely identical version will be just the mental goose boop that I need in order to play it once and for all. (laughs) Ignore the fact that this approach has never ever worked before with any of the other games with multiple versions already collecting dust on my shelf. No, 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 no. This time, this time we'll do the trick for sure.
that award. And the nominees are Clash of Cultures Monumental Edition, first published in 2012 as a decidedly non-monumental edition. We can't have that now, can we? Nah, I can't be expected to play a version decidedly lacking in monumentality when now I know that there's a new version with decidedly more monumentalist gymnastic tacticness available. So out of my way, Grandma, I have cultures to clash monumentally. And Tyrants of the Underdark, colon, board game, originally released in 2016 as a version simply titled Tyrants of the Underdark. So I, I better play it safe and buy this new Tyrants of the Underdark board game edition as well. Otherwise, when I break it out on game night, it might not be clear that this is a board game that I'm getting off the shelf to play. And my friends might be struck with confusion, just wandering aimlessly around my living room, shivering until I spray them down with cold water. And finally, originally published in 2013 as Gravwell Escape from the Ninth Dimension, we have Gravwell 2nd Edition, in which the publisher bravely took the rare approach of actually shortening the game's name. However, thankfully, they did maintain the standard industry practice of including a colon in the new edition's title. So just remember, just like counting the rings of a tree, you can tell a board game's version number by counting the number of colons printed on the front of its box. And now, the winner of the award is... I don't know, I forgot to pick up the envelope this year. So, uh, let's say Clash Cultures, colon, Monumental Edition. <laughs> Congratulations, Monumental Edition of Clash of Cultures, colon. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to go unbox and punch my copy of this game in a vain attempt to pretend that I'm, I'm ever actually going to play it. Another very creative soul. He's amazing. And I think he said it correctly. Every version of a game that comes back out needs to have colons in its name. I completely agree with him. That tell you what version it is. <laughs> we are on Gravwell colon, 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 fourth edition. You just go Gravwell colon, 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 and you will know it's the fourth edition. This was a very hard category for you and I to come up with a winner because all these games, we loved them the first time. Well, okay, Clash of Cultures was new to me, but the other two played them multiple times. Mm -hmm. But when you put Clash of Cultures on the table, I was like, oh my gosh, this game is going to take us forever. And I am going to be a grumpy Tony. Well, the first part was true. It did. Mm -mm. <laughs> it did. It did take a little while. But... I was not grumpy. Mm -hmm. I was very happy. I enjoyed this game and the mechanics, understanding, developing my civilization. It all was right there. It flowed. No one could screw up a rule teach on this because it was right there. It was up to me to figure this out. Class of cultures. It has some incredible bling to it as well. Mm -hmm. But Marty, I know for you, this is one of those games that I think you really, 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 really liked. I remember I said earlier, I really start to dig Civ style type games and I like historical type games. And this is a chance to play as some historical uh, factions and, and, uh, and peoples from the past. The skill trees and everything that you have for each of these are so different. So every time you play, it could feel different. But the core rules are always the same. There are some technologies that everybody shares and have everybody has access to. So it's not like you have to relearn everything 
just maybe the special things with the factions. And that's what makes it really easy to pick up the next time that you play. It does flow easily. I love the fog of war of exploring, tiles flipping over. Such, such a good game. Not to take anything away from Tyrants and the Underdark, because I thought that was a brilliant game of uh, deck building and area control. And you know how much uh, we love Gravwell. So we're really glad to see all these games refreshed and come out to gamers who may have missed them in the past. Couldn't agree with you more about Class of Cultures, Marty. But coming to the stage now are two new presenters. Well, we always love to feature brand new presenters at the Squirrelies. Maybe somebody that uh, if you haven't heard of, you need to go and get to learn, which is why I'm excited to have this couple come up stage, Tony. And they haven't heard about us yet and know what... They're dealing with so we, <laughs> now to be fair they said yeah. they, they have they have listened to the squirrelies before so i was oh yeah. oh <laughs> and okay. they still decided to it's like well, well we'll risk our reputation and come on the show and we'll see what happens so coming to the stage from blackboard gaming Dwayne and alicia so if you haven't be sure to go out to their youtube channel subscribe watch some of their incredible videos I love the backdrop of their um, video. It looks like it. Most importantly, Marty, they've got Scoville front and center on some of their games. I'm like, <laughs> these. I want to play Scoville with them. That's one of my favorite games. They, they got it going over there. That's what I love about them. They are so personable on, on their videos and everything like that. I hope one day to be able to sit down and play a game with them because I think they would just be such a fun couple to play with. Dwayne and Alicia present the award that is based on our listeners' correct opinion on what's the best game from 2021, the All Y'all Award. What's up, guys? I'm Dwayne. I'm Alicia. And this is Blackboard Gaming. We are honored to be a part of the Squirrely Awards. We have the pleasure of presenting the All Y'all Awards. And I have the pleasure of giving you a brief description of each game in the form of a rap. In the form of a rap? Yep. You you do know that this is the Squirrely Awards, not the Grammys. Yeah, I know. Just bear with me. Trust me, I'm going to do good, okay? All right. The first nominee is Ankh, Gods of Egypt, by Come On Games. All right, you ready? Okay. Unk, it's a game designed by Eric Lang, the one who made Blood Rage. Yes, the one and the same. The players take on the role of Egyptian gods competing for relevancy against all odds. Well, I don't know a lot about that game, but that sounds pretty good. Okay, I told you I was going to do good. The second nominee is Sleeping Gods by Red Raven Games. Sleeping Gods is a beautiful cooperative game where the players are playing a story-driven campaign as the crew of the Manacor who are forced to roam in a strange underworld and they're trying to get home. All right. Not bad. Okay. The third nominee is Cascadia by AEG and Flat Out Games. All right. I think this is, I like this one. All right. Ready? Cascadia is an abstract strategy game where you're placing tiles and you're matching terrain and you're placing animals in their preferred habitat in an effort to create the best wilderness map. I like that. Yep. I told you I was going to do good. All right. And the winner is... 
Cascadia. Congratulations to AEG and Flat Out Games for, for Cascadia winning the All Y'all Award. Well, Tony, there's really no surprise here. Cascadia was a huge hit last year. It has won a lot of awards. And so it only makes sense that here on the esteemed, nay, prestigious Squirrely Awards, that it also should win an award here. And it won basically our audience's most popular game of last year. Cascadia, yes. Six ways to score. Putting out tiles. Very competitive. Oh, you took my tile. I needed that one. Oh, wait. I got to look at how you're building your environment over there. Maybe I can mess you up so that I can definitely keep you from scoring that. Cascadia, very popular. Everybody talks about it. They love the game. You and I enjoyed playing it. It's another tile game. My wife is going to love tile land games, but yes, Cascadia. Now, I will say this. Dwayne and Alicia, they raised the bar on presenting for next year. They have set an incredible... That was amazing. Loved every minute of it. Once again, Marty, creativity. May, once, and they were so why, why are we doing this? I don't know. Yes. They were so, that's why we don't do videos either. I mean, they were so informative. They were like, here's uh, basically in under two minutes, they told you everything about the games and how they work and everything. We can't even do a decent review in less than 30 minutes anymore without screwing everything up. I, I know. I'm sitting here thinking, okay, how do I get him to come on and do our board game intros? And be done with it. And all you can do, we can just talk about how we like it and dislike it. That's it. I mean, he, but here are the rules. Boom, done. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. my mouth was open. I was like, oh, man, that's that's just amazing. Mm, mm. So anyway, congrats to Cascadia. And thank you to all those who voted in this year's All Y'all Awards. Well, Tony, every year we've started giving out an award for who we think is the publisher of the year. This is a publisher who we feel uh, in the year has, has came out with several games that have really caught our attention. And this award is probably deserving because this next publisher is one of those that has been releasing big hits year after year. And in fact, we've already mentioned one. There was a nominee here for Origins First Builders, uh, which, which we had mentioned earlier. And the abstract game, Tony, that you and I really like, Mandela Stones. It's Mandela, right? It's not Mancala. It's, it's Mandela. Yeah, like I said, $5 <laughs> is off the table. We, we already screwed that one up. I, yeah. I, I've been told many times that it was not Mandela, it was Mancala, but it this time it is Mandela. <laughs> mm -hmm. So you can't mess it up. You're absolutely right. Tabanusi. Oh. One of my, oh, one oh, of my favorites. Yeah, we, that, was, that was so good this past year. Great game. Uh, Zapotec. You can get that on pre-order over at Miniature Market right now. One of my so, big hits. That's one of those those mm -hmm. like an hour to forty-five minute games that I really loved. Right, Taya Tawakin. Um, we um, we haven't gotten that on the table in a while, have we? No, I know we haven't. And we just have. Actually, it's funny that you say that because we have their brand new tile lane game, Founders of Taya Tawakin, that we're going to get to play uh, this year. Nice. And I know they've got expansions coming out for Mandela Stones. That's coming out. So, and then Escape Tales. I mean, it's, they, once again, hitting it out of the park. Boom. It's out of here. Love their stuff from Board and Dice. And production. They do not skimp on the production. No, they don't. They do a fantastic job. They always make sure to have a solo version of the game in there. So if you want to try it. So Board and Dice, 
It's been long overdue. You are our 2021 Publisher of the Year. Philippe from Board and Dice, please come to this stage to accept the award for Publisher of the Year. Thank you. This is absolutely amazing. I've been sitting wriggling till the very last moment while waiting for the jury's verdict. In the name of Board and Dice, especially in front of all of you who came today to this theatre of dreams in so great numbers, we would like to thank for this laurel. Pardon me, the emotions are simply overwhelming. Let me mention everyone without whom all this would have not been possible. I will keep it short, as I've reduced the list to mere 16 pages. Let me start alphabetically with Mrs. Aston, who taught me English in the primary school. She was an amazing person, and without her, I would not be able to talk to you. So then let's go to B. I would like to thank Mr. Burton, who was delivering mail to our office, and thanks to him. Once again, congrats to Board and Dice. You're already starting to put out some great games this year, and we can't wait to see what other games you put out, not only this year, but in years to come. Well, Tony, uh, there's only a couple awards left, and uh, it's the two biggest of the year. That's right. It's our games of the year. One year, we might decide on a game together. We might say this is our game of the year. Because we, what people don't realize is Marty does not know what games I'm selecting, which one I'm going to do, and vice versa. Well, I kinda, we both kind of sorted just based on our reactions, and we've known each other forever. Our games of the year are well-deserved. If you don't have them, they need to be in your collection. You can go to Miniature Market and use that 10% to get, pick up both of these games right now, and that is RDTN10. Be sure to use it in a timely fashion. But presenting my game of the year are... Well, wait, I only see one in the audience. Well, dang it. My buds from Dukes of Dice. I was really hoping both Sean and Alex would be here, but I only see Sean. So you only you only got a Duke of Dice? I only got one Duke. <laughs> Not both. What's a Not pair, two Dukes. What's a pair of Dukes called? A pair? <laughs> I don't <laughs> A deuce? A, 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 uh, no, deuce is two. Yeah, so a, a pair of dukes, a, a, too. Two deuce. Okay, we're overthinking this. Stop. You're making my head <laughs> a deuce hurt. Of, a deuce of dukes. They need to change their name. Okay, I'll go with that. Whatever they want to do. It's their show. <laughs> They've been on as long as we have. Probably they'll be here even longer. I mean, I know Sean's been busy getting his, his stuff running. Alex is a brand new dad. Um, so he's his hands are uh, always in diapers. So I'm kind of glad if he didn't make it. Mm, don't but Sean, I would appreciate it if, sir. Oh, by the way, Sean, my daughter is graduating from Georgetown Law. If you need a lawyer, just throwing that plug out there. Just oh, saying. Oh, my gosh. Move on. It's my award. I can do this intro as long as I want. <laughs> Thank you very much. Start playing him off the stage. Stephen was even short. So I'm, I'm using some of his time. Sean, come up to the stage to present Tony's Game of the Year. Everybody, this is Duke Sean from the Dukes of Dice podcast, and boy, can I tell you that I am super honored that Tony asked me to come back to the Squirrelies to announce his game of the year. 
Now, my faithful podcast co-host, Duke Alex, who I guess when you think about it is the Marty to my Tony, Mm, or maybe it's the Tony to my Marty. I'm not sure exactly, but regardless, Alex would have loved to be here and help announce the nominees and winner. But unfortunately, we just couldn't get our schedules to gel. As some of you may know, Alex has a beautiful newborn baby girl, Rosie, and he just couldn't make the time between being a dutiful husband, a loving father, and a hardworking provider for his family. Um, Hold on one sec. Uh, there's a smudge on my notes here. Uh, I think it's chocolate from a moon pie. Let me wipe that clear. Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry. Disregard all of those kind words about Alex. He's actually at a board game retreat all weekend, I guess, shirking his familial, financial, and most importantly, his Dice Tower Network-related responsibilities. Tony, I'm I'm so sorry. All right, well, let, let's get into this. Um, you know, choosing a game of the year is a difficult task. So much goes into that decision. How do you feel about the mechanics, the art, the gameplay, the components? But sometimes there's an ephemeral quality to a game that you can't fully quantify or describe. You just feel that game in your bones. So what are the games from 2021 that Tony felt in his bones? Here are the nominees for Tony's Game of the Year. Brian Boru, High King of Ireland, published by Osprey Games and designed by Pierre Sylvester. Subastral, published by Renegade Game Studios and designed by Ben Pinchback and Matt Riddle. And World of Warcraft, Wrath of the Lich King, published by Z-Man Games and designed by Justin Kempinen, Todd Michalis, Alexander Ortloff, and Michael Sanfilippo. And the winner is... Brian Boru, High King of Ireland. Wow, 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 wow. Finally, after all these years, a trick-taking game about an 11th century Irish king striving to unite Ireland takes home the top prize for Tony. Incredible. Truly incredible. Well, thank you again, Tony, for the honor. Marty, a pleasure as always. Stay safe and healthy out there, and duke you later, everybody. I just have to say that all three of your games were G-O-T-Y worthy, and I think mm-hmm, you made a mm-hmm. solid selection on your winner. Thank you. Thank you for acknowledging that. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's talk about the two that didn't get the, uh, the win. Um, first off, from the pandemic world, you know, World of Warcraft, Wrath of the Lich King, that took the pandemic concept to a video game that you and I love mm-hmm. and added a whole new element of battling, of having to deal with the various plague elements, the the map, the theme was there. We loved that theme. It was one of those that I was like, okay, if I don't ever, not that I won't, Donald loves pandemic, but if I never brought out pandemic, I would always bring this one out instead. If I had to pick the two, you know, because it it was just that good. I, I love the mechanics of that. Uh, any thoughts on that? No, I'm the same there with you. There have been a lot of versions of Pandemic, a lot of different flavors, a lot of different themes. This one just really nailed it for me. I think it felt like you were playing an Azeroth as one of those iconic characters against the big baddie, uh, the the Lich King. So very, very solid game. Uh, definitely worthy of your nomination. Right. Sub-Astral, I've already gushed enough mm-hmm. about that. 
a pinchback riddle game. I mean, they can keep doing it. Like I said, they took stellar and moved it up to sub astral love their games. And then finally, of course, uh, Brian Boru, uh, high King of Ireland. As soon as you put that on the, on the table. And as soon as I saw trick taking, I was like, uh, Oh, I'm all in. I, I pushed all the chips in. I was fully engaged in this game. Simple game to teach. Very, I'm going to say it again, very strategic how you were playing your, don't laugh at me because it was strategic. Love the game. You know, my love of trick taking. You heard us talk about spades and trick taking games on previous, the previous episode, right? You put a, you put a strong trick taking style game in front of me. You're going to be in the category for game of the year for Tony. I, I just love my trick taking games and this game it was historic. It was everything for me. I loved it. That's why it got game of the year. That is a uh, a solid pick. And so with that, uh, there is only uh, one award left. And uh, that's going to be my GOTY, my game of the year. And uh, coming out to the stage is uh, our brother from another mother. Another good old Southern boy from Dallas in Alabama. You hear him on the very popular podcast, the Secret Cabal Gaming Podcast. Welcome to the stage, Don, to present my game of the year. Hello, all you dice rollers and name takers. I'm Don Baggett from the Secret Cabal Gaming Podcast, and I'd like to say how honored I am to once again be presenting for the Rolling Dice and Taking Name Squirrely Awards. And I really mean that. I mean, I'd like to say it. I guess I should just be thankful for small blessings. Could be worse. Could be the drive-thru review awards, after all. Well, regardless, let's get to it. I'm here to present the Squirrely for Game of the Year. The nominees are Moon Pies, 12-pack of RC Cola, high-volume hair mousse, and medicated foot powder. Wait a minute. Marty, you gave me an envelope with your shopping list in it. Well, good thing, uh... Uh, the other guy gave me a backup envelope. Let's see if that's the lifesaver I'm hoping it is here. And yes, the real nominees for the Squirrely Game of the Year are Clash of Cultures Monumental Edition, Cora, and Brian Boru. And the winner is Clash of Cultures Monumental Edition. I'd like to commend the design, development, and publishing team behind Clash of Cultures. It's varied in strategy, epic in scale, and thankfully, foot powder free. Congratulations. Audience, read the face. No shock here. I'm not surprised. The clash of cultures. Come on. We've already... Go ahead, Marty. Gush all you want. You used your time on... You didn't use your time on the intro. You're, you can use it here. You, why don't you tell us why class of cultures or, or the losers? Talk about the losers. Yeah, so I've already gushed on Cora. Uh, we talked about that earlier. You gushed on Byron Boru. I didn't add anything because I wanted to add something here. What a clever game of trick-taking and area control. Mm-hmm. It, just a solid game. I think it's really cool that both you and I had this on our game of the year list. That just shows you how good it is. But holy cow, I talked about it earlier. Clash of Cultures, man. It's one of those games for me that just created an experience every time I played. And I've played with four player. I've played with three player. I've played with two player. And every single time I enjoyed what that game brought to the table. And I remember playing each of those games. And for me, 
If there's a game that I played in the past year that not only do I remember the game, but I remember sitting there and playing it and how the game went, that is going to be an automatic nomination for me for my game of the year. And that is Clash of Cultures Monumental Edition. That's one of those bad boys that's going to stay on my shelf. That's one of those that I would like to say, okay, guys, here we go. My house, Saturday afternoon, big box, Clash of Cultures. Let's throw some tiles. Let's do roll some dice. Let's do some tech trees. Let's get down to it for the next three or four hours. And I'll sigh. Oh, come on. Don't sigh. Just earlier in the show, you said I wasn't grumpy. But I'll remind myself of that. I will still sigh, though. Three to four hours. But it will be an enjoyable three to four hours. But that's what's so beautiful about this game. I played a two-player game with Bert, and we finished it in about 90 minutes to two hours. Okay. Two-player games are super quick. So if you just want that taste, you don't have four people, you can easily get it in in a decent amount of time. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of another one of my favorites was you know, Mare Nostrum. Oh, so, another one of those that we need to get back to the table. Exactly. It's, so I was like, okay, I like this. I, I love the board, the tech tree, you know? Yep. And that's what sold me on Clash of Culture. So, sir, I applaud you for your... Game of the Year selection as well. Yes. And I applaud you for another Squirrely Awards, our seventh annual. And uh, it's been an amazing show with a lot of amazing presenters again. Again, I'm so glad to see everybody. And we couldn't have done this show without all those amazing people that uh, came here tonight. That's right. So I want to say thank you to all our presenters. Tantrum House. Dan and Chris from Geek All Stars. Mr. Waybright from Man vs. Meeple. Ambient and Crystal from Board Game Blitz. Joel Eddy from Drive Thru Games, and don't forget about his game found. Robert Christina from Blue Peg Pink Peg. Or the Celts. Or the Kilts. Or the Kilts, the Celts, yeah. the Celts, the, the Celts, the Pink Pelts. Whatever. Paula Deming from Things Get Dicey. Uh, and Matthew Jude. Okay, and Matthew Jude. He's <laughs> not Emily and John from the Incorrigible Party Podcast. Ignacy Shevchek and Stephen Bonacore from wherever. From everywhere. Oh, yeah, from, yeah, Board Games Insider. Insider. Yeah, thank you guys. Appreciate you. BJ from Board Game Gumbo. Our good buddy, Chaz Marler. Dwayne and Alicia from Blackboard Gaming. Us. From rolling dice and thinking, wait a minute. Oh, wow. You really are just reading right through the show notes. <laughs> it's, it's on the teleprompter. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm sorry. Dukes of Dice, Sean Ramirez. And finally, Don from the Secret Cabal Gaming Podcast. Don't forget, you have one week to use our 10% off code over at miniaturemarket.com, RDTN10, to get 10% off your order, excluding things like Games Workshop stuff. If if it doesn't work for you, there's little stipulations. There's a reason. There's a reason, but it'll typically should work for you. Yeah, you can't buy Nikes with it. You know, that's the Coles coupon (laughs) you can't ever... can't buy... Can I get a house and use the code RDTN? Mm-hmm. You no, can try it, but it probably won't work. Exactly. So, but most importantly, keep rolling dice and taking names. All right. So, I appreciate Paula realizing that she's far, far away in England. And Jude, thank you so much for helping us Matthew out. Matthew Jude. I saw Jude, and I, yes, thank you. Take three. 
<laughs> <laughs> it's live, y'all. No, seriously, this is all live.